Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original languages as a guide. Today we are in Numbers chapter 34 and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. Father God, open our eyes to your truth. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Command the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land of Canaan, which means lowland, this is the land that shall fall to you as an inheritance, the land of Canaan, to its boundaries. Okay, no question here. Yahweh is saying it. This is going to be the land of Israel, not the land of the Palestinians, not the land of any other place. It is going to become the land for the children of Israel. Your border shall be from the wilderness of Zin along the border of Edom. Then you're, okay, remember, we were not, to touch the land of Edom. God says don't. Remember he told us that a couple chapters ago. We weren't to mess with Edom or Moab because Yahweh had given that to the descendants of Esau and Lot. Then your southern border shall extend eastward to the end of the Salt Sea, which is the, um, the Dead Sea. Your border shall turn from the southern side of the ascent of Akrabim, continue to Zin, and be on the south of Kadesh Barnea. Then it shall go on to Hazaradar and continue to Asmon. The border shall turn from Asmon to the brook of Egypt, and it shall end at the sea. So I think that's the Red Sea. As for the western border, you shall have the great sea for a border. This shall be your western border. Now the word western there literally is the word for sea. <laughs> Often there is a different word in Hebrew to use for um or to use for west, which includes the word for evening as a root, but that is not the word that is used here. The word used here is sea, and so it's saying towards the sea, basically, for Mount, which is the Mediterranean Sea. Let me clarify. For Mount Hor, you shall mark out your border to the entrance of Hamat, then the direction of the border shall be towards Zadad. The border shall proceed to Zifron, and it shall end at Hazarenan. This shall be your northern border. You shall mark out your eastern border from Hazarenan to Shafam. The border shall go down from Shafam to Ribla on the east side of Ain. The border shall go down and reach to the eastern side of the Sea of Kinneret. Now that's the Sea of Galilee. The border shall go down along the Jordan and it shall end at the Salt Sea. So we made a circle. We've come back to the Dead Sea. This shall be your land with its surrounding boundaries. Then Moshe commanded the children of Israel, saying, This is the land which you shall inherit by lot, which Yahweh has commanded to give to the nine tribes and to the half-tribe. Because remember, the other tribes already possessed the land before they entered the Jordan. There was a whole situation where Moses thought they were going to sin, and they said, No, 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 we're going to help the other children get their portion as well, but we just want to take this land. So um, I just think it's just to remember that they are going to divide it by lot. Yahweh is going to tell them which tribe gets which portion of land, and we'll read about that coming up. For the tribe of the children of Reuben, according to the house of their fathers, and the tribe of the children of Gad, according to the house of their fathers, have received their inheritance, and the half-tribe of Manasseh has received its inheritance. The two tribes and the half-tribe have received their inheritance on this side of the Jordan, across from Jericho, eastward toward the sunrise. And Yahweh spoke, sorry, I hit the wrong button on my thing. Um, sorry, I was just reading here and hit the wrong button. So please forgive me because, <laughs> verse 16. And Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, These are the names of the men who shall divide the land among you as an inheritance. Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun. And you shall take one leader of every tribe to divide the land for the inheritance. Now point out here. Eleazar is taking the place of Aaron, Aharon, 
Joshua is taking the place of Moses. Moses and Aaron died in the wilderness because they sinned against Yahweh, as well as did the rest of the children of Israel other than Joshua, Joshua, and Caleb. So the rest of the generation had to die. The leaders were Moses and Aaron. So as Moses and Aaron take their rest, this new generation rises up with other leaders. These children have gone through the wilderness. They have seen some of the great deeds of Yahweh. They were even little kids when it happened, little children. But it is about time for this new generation to rise up and possess the land. Sadly, the second generation didn't <laughs> is no more perfect than the first. Um, the first generation grumbled and complained, did different uh, sins. And here, when it's their time to grow up and, and understand and walk as Yahweh's called them to walk, what we're going to see is they, they did fine as long as Joshua was alive. But after Joshua, they deteriorated, their morals deteriorated greatly. And they sinned and sinned and sinned. And it's really sad. I just don't want us to do that. May we always be on guard because it's so easy and such a slow fade. Okay, so I just want to point that out. Eleazar is taking the place of Aaron and Joshua is taking the place of Moses. You have two more, two new leaders taking the old leaders' places. And you shall take one leader of every tribe to divide the land for the inheritance. So now we're going to talk about those men. These are the names of the men from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Okay, guys, I want to point out again, Caleb was actually a blood Kenazite, but he got grafted into Israel because of his faith. Do you hear this? Do you see this? Those people who lie, who say the law was only for the Jews. Jews are only from the tribe of Judah. And look at here, the leader of Judah was a Gentile. <laughs> like, do you see any more clear picture that God doesn't have two separate rules, two separate groups of people? God made us all one. And he chose Abraham, but anybody can come to him, but they become part of Israel. You don't become a Methodist. You don't become a Lutheran. You don't become a Catholic. You become an Israelite. And we're joined in and grafted into the one olive tree from whom the root is Yeshua. And Caleb was the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, but he got grafted in to the tribe of, to the, to the Israel, and he got grafted in specifically to the tribe of Judah and became the leader of the tribe of Judah here. And I think that's amazing, where God doesn't show per, partiality. Anybody has a chance with him, but they have to become part of Israel to wrestle with God and overcome. That is the meaning of the word Israel. Okay, verse 20. From the tribe of the children of Simeon, Shemuel, the, the son of Amihud, from the tribe of Benjamin, Elidah, the son of Hislon, a leader from the tribe of the children of Dan, Buki, the son of Yogli. <laughs> Some of these names are hilarious. We used to tease my son. This is what he should name his children. Not in a, not to make fun of it, but just as a light, funny thing. From the sons of Yosef, a leader from the tribe of the children of Manasseh, Haniel, the son of Yifold, and a leader from the tribe of the children of Ephraim, Kemuel, the son of Shiftan. Because remember, Manasseh and Ephraim are both sons of Joseph. So then you're saying, right, there should be 13 portions. But remember, Levi doesn't get a portion. The tri- my, family's, my family's tribe did not get a portion. Yahweh was our portion. So we had 13 tribes, but there's only 12 divisions of land. 
because Joseph got two portions from his sons, Joseph, I'm sorry, Ephraim and Manasseh. But the tribe of Levi never gets a portion. So then we're back to 12 divisions of the land. Okay, verse 25. A leader from the tribe of the children of Zebulun, Elizaphan, the son of Parach. A leader from the tribe of the children of Issachar, Paltiel, the son of Azan. A leader from the tribe of the children of Asher, Ahihud, the son of Shalomi. And a leader from the tribe of the children of Naphtali, Bedahel, the son of Amihud. These are the ones Yahweh commanded to divide the inheritance among the children of Israel in the land of Canaan. I want to point out too, Yahweh knew whom he had ordained to do these tasks. And we need to make sure, as Yahweh's really been speaking to me again this week on, we need to make sure we are never found in the company of Korah. Remember, we read about what Korah did and said, well, we have the spirit of Yahweh too. He speaks to us as well. We need to make sure we never step out of our bounds and don't take upon ourselves that which he hasn't ordained. We need to do also what he has called us to do. And everybody's lot is different. And we remember the story of Peter. And Peter was just told by Yeshua in the end of the Gospels that he was going to die a gruesome death and go be led where he does not want to go. And Peter turns and looks at John and says, well, what about him? <laughs> and Yeshua's like, if I will that he lives till I return, that's none of your business. You take up your own cross, basically. And what you have to remember is each and every one of us has been called to Yahweh and given a path and a purpose. If you are a mother, do not be looking for your fulfillment in a worldly career. Be looking to fulfill and faithfully do and fulfill the duties that Yahweh has given you as mother. If you're a husband, take it as all joy, count it as all joy that you have been given a family for which to provide, look over, teach the word of God to, and train them up in the ways of Yahweh. If your gift, um, if, you know, hmm, how do I say this? I hear when I was in the Christian church system, I was always surprised and it didn't make sense to me. People always talking about their ministry, their ministry, their ministry. And what the Holy Spirit revealed to me was that it was, they were looking for man's approval and they wanted something by which they could receive a, bat, a pat on the back, a medallion, so to speak, an award. They wanted recognition. It wasn't enough for them his love and his admiration and his acknowledgement. And that's where we as humans need to stop, out of, get out of these worldly traps. Because it might be that, you're, that your lot in life is to uh, tend a garden and to minister to God's people who you meet on the street. It might be blah, 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 blah. Your ministry is where you are. And I hate, I hate that the church focuses so much on these systems of recognition. Here, God just came and told Moses, these are the men I've chosen for the leaders. There's no question. There should be no arrogance in it. Yahweh just chose men, I'm sure, who he had found faithful. These men, if they were found faithful, would then therefore be humbled by such a great responsibility. And other people weren't to grumble and complain and try to take it upon themselves to do that, like Korah did. Korah accused Moses and Aaron 
of taking too much responsibility upon themselves, when in fact it was Korah themselves who was doing the exact sin of which they were accusing Moses and Aaron. They were stepping out of their place. Yahweh had given them the Levite. They were Levites. But they wanted to be the high priest as well and to do... They just wanted to feel as they heard from Yahweh. They weren't less important than Moses and Aaron, but there was a different role Yahweh had chosen for them. And I guess I just want to encourage you all because I see a lot of that, especially in today's age. Everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. They want to be more than they are. They're not content and fulfilled from a quiet life because Satan puts that lust in their heart for worldly recognition and they feel inadequate. And I know when I gave up my career, I was a college teacher. I taught um, in Denver at a college, at Westwood College of Technology, and I was the lead English instructor at that department of English. So, I mean, definitely I was a worldly person not following Torah. And I'm sure I don't, I would, I was always surprised when I did the things well and got high honors, like valedictorian stuff. I remember when I got valedictorian thinking like, how did I do that? So I, I, I probably did have pride, but mostly I remember feeling that sense of like always shock and like, like, oh my gosh, thank you, Father. <laughs> like, I don't think I deserve this. And so I knew I was in the college system and I got lots of recognition um, because I was very young to be leading the department. And my, when I wouldn't go full time, however, and we wanted to raise my son because I did, I was a Christian, but I wasn't born, I wasn't Torah born again. And, um, and those of you who have switched over to Torah know the difference between being born again as a Christian and then fully realizing what it means to be born again once you come to Torah, that when your eyes, when the veil has been taken off your eyes regarding the law of Moses. And anyway, we were at dinner at Bennigan's or lunch or something. And my sister-in-law, we were saying how we were going to raise Trey and I was only going to teach part-time then. Um, I just, we just wanted to raise our son. We didn't want to put him in daycare. And Jim and I had always felt that. Now, my husband was an atheist at the time, but I was a quote Christian and I knew it was right to raise your own child. So I was going to only teach at night when Jim could be home and we were going to trans, um, rotate schedules, so to speak, blah, blah, blah. And my sister-in-law literally looked at me and said, you're wasting your brain. Because see, before that, my, my degree had been in elementary education. She goes, all those children need you, you know, all this education, you're wasting your brain on what you should be giving. And I literally, even way back then, 22 years ago, I was thinking how odd and absurd that was. Because why would I raise 24 other people's children, and neglect the one that God gave me. Right? How is that wasting my brain? How is that wasting my talents? And then within, what, two years of that conversation, I, two years I was turning my life back around to God, and within three years I'd come to Torah from that time, so 18 and a half years ago. And then I understood, like, wow, what a blessing that Yahweh gave me a child. What a blessing that I was entrusted with his education and his furtherance and his growth. I'm not wasting my brain by not investing into 24 other children who their own parents should be taking care of them and doing the same. It was a blessing to be focused on the garden, so to speak, which God had given me to tend. And 
um, there were people who didn't understand because I gave up that career. Yahweh told me to walk away from it altogether because even when we moved to Wyoming, I still taught part-time at the college um, in the evenings. And every once in a while during the day, my mom had would watch my son, but it wasn't full-time anymore. Now, there was a time, like I said, the brief time, when I was head of the English department, the lead English instructor down there, yes, that was full-time, but full-time was 16 hours a week as a college professor, and then the rest of it I could do remotely. So, it, yes, it was still, I didn't, you know what I mean. It's not the best situation with a child, but it wasn't, it wasn't like 40-hour weeks. Anyway, um, and people would still, you know, sometimes they just made you feel, as a woman, and I'm just speaking primarily, I guess, to women here, but also to the men, encourage your wives in this, they make you feel like you're not enough. Like, you don't, you know, because you're not working as well. You're not doing the career thing and you're not building your career. You're just only focusing on the children. They made women to feel inadequate to be stay-at-home moms. And I'm sorry this is dragging on, but I just, I don't know, I just felt this just to encourage you all. It is enough. (laughs) It is enough to be content in the life which God's given you. And if you neglect that child and invest in your career, what do you have in the end? You're going to die someday and that career doesn't go with you. The career doesn't, nobody, very few people, very few people are remembered for their career. And when you read about biblical figures, very rarely do you remember somebody by their career. You remember them by their faith, their grace, their humility, their acts of courage. And so when the Holy Spirit leads you to these humble, modest positions, because he himself, Yahweh himself, came as a carpenter's son. Very lowly position. He didn't choose the high path. He came to show he understood us. He came the humble route to show us the way to be. Be content and be joyful. Rejoice in the simple things in life to which he's given you, because I tell you what, you learn so much about God and Yahweh when you are in the garden, when you're raising a child, when you're doing things his way, not being enticed by all these deceitfulness of riches of the world. I'm not saying every mom can't work, and I did for a while, remember that. And then, of course, when, my, when, when I started homeschooling and when our son was little, my husband started his construction business, and, of course, I was right there. I did all the bookkeeping. On days we poured concrete, I was there pouring concrete. We would set Trey up with his little toy tractors right over in a safe spot. We framed walls together. So we did it as a family. So it's not that I didn't work. It's that I didn't pursue my own career. We did it as a team. I helped my husband. And I raised our child. I took care of the home took care of the animals, took care of the farm. So I just want to encourage you when just to get out of that mindset. Don't look at the glitz and the glam of all the social media and everybody else because that honor is of the world. That honor is not of Yahweh. And so be content with the gift you've been given. If he calls you to be the leader of a tribe, Do it with humility and righteousness and faithfulness. If he calls you to stay home, do it with righteousness, humility, and faithfulness. If he calls you wherever he's calling you, do it to honor him, not to get the praises of men. Okay, That was a long tangent, but one that I know a lot of people need to hear, especially in today's world. You guys so be blessed. I love you all. Um, Keep me in prayer a little bit. I told you I've shared before, Sometimes Yahweh, um, well, he'll afflict us, right, if we've done something wrong. But very specifically, 
Yesterday something happened to me and he told me it was for all of Israel as a sign to them um, to be praised, to remind me to pray for this situation. And it's also for specific people in my life. Um, in fact, he even told me at what hour I would get better, start to get better, and it did exactly happen. But I begged and begged and begged to show if it was me and if I had sinned. And I was trying to think of anything I had done. Um, and Because, of course, I'm like, Lord, I'll repent of anything. Just please show me so I can turn from that. But I heard him say, this is for this person and this person. And it's all of Israel right now is being stiff-necked and wicked. Pray for them. Pray for them to repent. Pray for the children of Israel to repent. Okay. So just keep me in prayer a little bit with that because I'm bearing that burden right now in my flesh and (laughs) it's not fun. Okay. Love you all. Have a blessed day.